So, honey, I've decided to write a book. Oh, okay. Nice. Fiction, nonfiction? Um, it's fiction. Fiction? Yeah. Okay. You want to know what it's about? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell oh, me. Oh, well, I was waiting to be asked. Thank I just you. I just assumed you were going to tell me. Well, <sighs> um, it, it's, a, it's a fiction story, so I'm asking for the audience to suspend their disbelief. Do you know what suspension of disbelief is? Yeah, it's when you just, you know, stop asking questions and go with the flow. Yeah, exactly. So this book is all about going with the flow. It involves a uh, a couple who are, um, you on know, on a steamboat. No, oh. they're not on a steamboat. They're in the early phases of their life, and they've just like settled toddlers? down. No, they're not toddlers. <laughs> they've just settled down, and they um, they From have playing two... too hard, so they're pre adolescent. No, 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 no. They're they're adults. Um, they have two cats. One's name is Dona, and the other's name is Moffles. Uh, and, okay. um, they, the cats interrupt their, their daily routine, right? Constantly. Okay. Dona and Moffles. Okay. Um, and so this, so, uh, one day the woman in the couple, um. Well, wait, how do the cats interrupt their lives? Are the cats the antagonists? No, 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 no. The cats are just there. It's just background. They're just background noise, okay. right? Um, and then one day... Uh, well, oh, I forgot to mention, the woman and the man do uh, a YouTube channel and a podcast together. Did they do both? It's called, it's called A Couple's Guide to Intimacy. Okay. And the Couple's Guide to Intimacy, um, they started it about a year ago. They're still trying to figure it out. Anyway, one day they they're therapists. No, they're not therapists. They just, they just like to yeah tell they, people how to do it. How to, yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, well, they review um they review TV shows. TV shows. Yeah, they review TV shows <laughs> about intimacy. The, all the all the those intimacy TV shows. Exactly, exactly. They're really focused on a very small genre of of television. Anyway, like shows such as shows such as um um Loveline. Love from... <laughs> <laughs> so they review reruns of Loveline. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so you know, maybe one day they're 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 recording um they're recording a podcast about an old episode of Loveline. With Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Yeah. And the um, wife um, takes the uh, cord of the microphone and she wraps it around the husband's neck and brutally strangles him. And then um, blames the cats and has the cats scratch his body. A and that's how it ends. Okay. What do you think? Um... I mean, I think you, you're probably going to flesh out the characters a bit. It'll probably be all right. Yeah, go for it. Okay, Live your great, dreams. Great, Live your great, dreams. great, great. Can I get you a drink? Um, No, I'm good. Okay. I got a drink. Okay. Yeah. Hey, look over there. No, no, I'm good. Are you sure? Look over there. There's a cat. No, the, cat, the cats aren't in here. Well, there's another cat at the window. Oh, that's nice. You better turn around and see him. I'm okay. Well, you gotta turn around. I I have to turn. around? I have around? a surprise for you. What is it? I'll tell you when you turn around. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe next time. Okay. We're talking about murder plots because we just watched Basic Instinct. <laughs> this is. A couple's guide to romance. Cinema. I ain't let you murder me. Did you like that I thought about strangling you with a cord? Yeah. I could also, I don't know, like make you get guggle, guzzle beer until you choke. <laughs> I could just take the beer glass and smash it over your head and stab you with the pieces. I mean, you are skilled with a butterfly knife. I don't know why you didn't just go with that. I know. Well, I thought stabbing would be too obvious. I thought I had to mix it up for the purpose of the podcast, really. Gotcha. Um, because we just watched Basic Instinct, and it was stablicious. It's all about penetration. <laughs> yes.
I it mean, was all about penetration. At its core, this movie is about penetration. All the penetrations. Yeah. All the types. Yeah. No one in this movie has a conversation unless it's about murder. Penetration. Or sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every every conversation veers to towards mostly sex in a way that's really off-putting. <laughs> I mean, it's really... Uh, like, ask me a question. <clears throat> any question. Just ask me a question. Uh... How is your day going? I did not have sex with my mother, thank you. So, pretty good. Exactly. That, as yeah. far as, as days go. Yeah, I mean. It's not the worst. I only jacked off 20 times. I have calluses on my hands. Yep. Actually, they're so raw that they're bleeding right now. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Your genitals must be awful. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you see my hand, just think about what my genitals, genitals look like. My mm. genitals. My name is Jan. Genitals. <laughs> uh, if my name were Jan, I would refer to my genitals that way. As genitals. All the time. I wish my name were Jan. <laughs> my genitals. <laughs> it doesn't work with any other name. Jen. Well, Jen is Jen, genitals, is genitals yeah. but no, Jan uh, is the only one it works with. Jam. Jamitals. Jam, is Jam a name? No, no. Jen is though. Jeremy. Jeremy Itals. No, it's, it's not as good. It's, it's not as good. Well, anyway, um, this is a another... Jared. Jaredals. Ugh, no. <laughs> I, can't, I can't not think of Jared from Subway when you said Jared. Uh, <laughs> and then my mind just went terribly into a terrible direction. Yeah. Like that time that I saw him fling money into the into a club in Indianapolis, into the like swarms of people. I mean, if you're, it's one of my first celebrity sightings. First one was Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> second one was Jared from Subway. Oh, that's also the that's woman sad from Team that Mom. Consider Jared a celebrity. I know he's a studio. He was a celebrity then. This was pre, like ten. This was like ten years ago. Sure, this wasn't. This wasn't two years. Who ago. was your first celebrity that you ever met? Um, that I ever met or saw. Uh, Not in like a concert setting. I mean, we had a guy who was a Ben Franklin impersonator okay. come to our school. <laughs> that guy. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, wow. Basic Instinct. Um, you know, why do all of these steamy thrillers have two word titles? I, we're uh, we're going to have to, like, we should do a steamy thriller name generator. Because of Fatal Attraction, Basic Instinct, uh, what is that one with Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger? Nine and a half weeks. Oh, so that one's oh, shit. I just, like, um, the other, um, what's, oh, Cruel Intentions. Cape Fear. Isn't that not steamy? No, I don't no. think so. Um, what's that Cruel Intentions based off of? It's but Cruel Intentions. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Dangerous Liaisons. Thank you. Um, I don't know, because you only need two words. Anything more is superfluous, right? Yeah. Like, it's it, it's just too much. Basic, fatal, and dangerous. Yeah. That gets the point across. Basic, fatal, dangerous. Just, yeah. Attraction. Instinct. Car. Liaisons. Let's, we're going to, uh, at the end of the series, we're going to have a name generator. It's going to be fun. We're fatal gonna... liaisons. What? Basic liaisons. Well, it's not going to be the same words. we got to think of new words. That's what's going to make it good. Uh, but that's to come because we're only in the second film of maybe three or four. I mean, I think that's thrillers in general, right? They always have, I mean, for for the most part. Like, like restaurants. You, I mean, you can, think of, you can think of ones with, like, longer titles, like, To Catch a Spider. But those are, I feel like those are farther and fewer between. I mean, you, know, you think of, like... Um, the Fugitive. That says it all. You know what that movie's about. Or, That's actually only a one-word um, title, because I, well, I don't count the... Yeah, they do. I don't count the... Well, you don't, but it But is. I'm talking about words. steamy thrillers, and that doesn't uh, count. Double Jeopardy. Okay, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, just thrillers in general, I think that's just kind of... The game. There you go. Oh, no, you don't count the... <laughs> I'm sorry. Just thinking about Michael Douglas again. Again, the only movie I have ever liked Michael Douglas in. Mm. And guess what? Michael Douglas is back! Yeah. He's back, man, and he is um, on brand. Yeah, he is uh, according to IMDb, fresh off a facelift, which was my again my favorite piece of trivia about this whole thing. I'm not, maybe not true, but I wish it was. Um, I could see it. I mean, he's definitely playing. I mean, he, he's, he's forty-seven. 
Really? Mm-hmm. He's only 47? I know he looks so much older, but I he's only 47. I would have thought he was 47. pushing 60. No. No, this was in, like, 1992. But now I'm just mad they didn't cast Mickey Rourke. <laughs> I mean, let's... He was sexier. And he would have worked for that role. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... You know, I don't really know why Michael Douglas took it, to be honest. Well, I mean, I feel like Mike, Michael Douglas was attached early on. Like, this was just on brand for Michael Douglas. I mean, I'm sure Michael Douglas did it, because... Sex scenes. Because he was... <laughs> Yeah, because he got to basically pick his sex partner. He yeah, tried. Again, again. He tried ardently yes, to yes, pick his did. sex partner. Again and again. And, and again, 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 again. Again and again and again. And again. And again. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, it's totally Michael Douglas's nom de plume. No, that's not the right No, phrase. that's his pseudonym. Yeah. Uh, Brandt, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, that's, It's on brand he, for yeah, Michael Douglas. From what he had done before, and you know, the role that he could play. Um... But, I don't know, like, it, it is weird, uh, it, it does kind of get me the whole older guy, younger woman. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's done to death, and I feel like <clears throat> it, it is kind of the standard in uh, Hollywood films, and, and I don't know, maybe the world over in general. Um, I, th- I feel like in this one, you could make an argument that it needs to be an older man. It wasn't supposed to be, though. It was written for a younger man. It's just they cast Michael Douglas in it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, so, like... Because he was, like, experienced and grizzled. Well, partly in that, like, the entirety of this film is, in a, in a way, like, a meditation on the commingling of sex and death. And Michael Douglas's character... Precursor to guy, Crash! Yep, is a guy, uh, not, not, the, not the racist Crash. No, no, the other. The, the crash, crash with James Spader Crash. Yeah. Not the racist crash. Let me just sorry. The James Spader, uh, what is it? Uh, autoerotic film crash. Yeah. Uh, so Spader. he's a guy who's who's, you know, kind of obsessed with having been living dangerously and getting in over his head and living to the edge and and just you could say that in a way he's got a death wish, um, you know, which is uh, it also kind of makes me think of that line from moonlighting about why men cheat because they're afraid of dying so it Mm. well it could be going through a midlife crisis right but at the same time like i if i feel like if you're gonna go older guy i mean michael douglas is fine but like why not lean into it like cast walter matthau like get real old oh my god (laughs) (laughs) sorry or Jack Lemon. I mean, yeah, either one of them. Either of the grumpy coming old Coming over the, of the high grumpy old men. Bring Jimmy Stewart out of retirement. Oh my god. It would have worked, because this movie is very much uh, a Hitchcock pastiche. Well, like, It's yeah, even shot in San Francisco. I it, know. It has, it's like, like, it's noir. trying. It's trying, like, it, it has these allusions to to Vertigo and, and Hitchcock films. Um, a lot of watching. That's yeah, the allusion to Vertigo. Yeah. Oh, I like to watch. <laughs> you like to watch? I was watching. Let's talk about all the watching in this film. Okay. I was watching the film. Yep. Uh, Michael Douglas has a girlfriend who's his cop therapist who has who has open bay windows to an aerobics class that is constantly she in She was watching the aerobics class. Because she's secretly bisexual. Um, who else was watching? Uh, Roxy. Oh, Ro- of course. Roxy, the um, lesbian lover of Sharon Stone, was watching Sharon Stone get it on with tons of men. And all the cops watching Sharon Stone, Stone flash her vulva. Um, and all the cops watching Michael Douglas smoke a cigarette. And all of the mirrors. All the mirrors yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Just, just a... And, and glass. Just I feel like at one point there were four Sharon Stone asses on, mm-hmm. just in on screen. Yeah, uh, it, and it was uh, it's so funny because they wouldn't have to have said watching, but they like literally verbalized it. Like, oh, I see you watching me, and uh, like this is why this is not a Hitchcock film because the script is so terrible, the script <laughs> is so bad, and the score. The score, oh my god. It's just like constant. We need to play it. We need to play it at the beginning. I, you know, the score wasn't that bad. I felt <sighs> the score matched the tone they were they were going for. I know. And I mean, Hitchcock, you could say like it was parallels to Hitchcock. I 
probably going to sound pretentious, but I, I feel it's more drawing uh, allusions to the work of Brian De Palma, who was himself pulling off uh, allusions Hitchcock. to Hitchcock. So mm -hmm. I think a pastiche of a pastiche. I don't know what that means. It sounds like a really uh, delicious pastry, though. Yeah. What did Brian De Palma do as a Oh, he did a shit ton of stuff. Like, film nerds and critics drool over De Palma. And I, 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 can't, I can't think of too many things that he's done. I know he's done a lot. Uh, for whatever reason, the only one I can think of is Snake Eyes with Nicolas Cage. But he's known for these <laughs> really elaborate... Um, like film noir again? Shots. Yeah, again, like film noir and with, like strong um psychosexual uh themes and motifs mm. Ooh, psychosexual um, lots of like that. mirrors and whatnot um blue Ve blue velvet do you do blue velvet no that's david lynch oh that's david lynch that's yeah. right yeah. that's another good one we could probably fit in here you uh i don't i wouldn't call that erotic at all oh well I think I remember it being erotic. I'd say it's a thriller, but I would not oh, call maybe. it I don't erotic. Know. I don't remember. You put the poison in me! <laughs> it's been a while. All I remember is Isabella Rossellini and Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah, Isabella Rossellini. Okay, I can't remember anything about Just, that film. Yeah, it gets weird. Gross. Okay. Well, um, David Lynch. So, yeah, but I mean, again, whether it's Hitchcock or De Palma, it doesn't really fucking matter. It, it's still trashy shit. Yes, it's at its core. It's uh, it's it's a very much. It's a beach read. Yeah, it's a romance. It's a it's a piece of uh, straight out of like a, a romance novel. So let's run down the plot. Okay. Let's get. Let's just try to make this as concise as possible. Okay, ready. What happens in this film? Who did it and why? Okay. Well, do you want me to tell the plot from the perspective of the viewer, or just run down like the this is a spoiler alert. This is the entirety of the film. Yeah, that. Oh, spoiler alert? Okay. It's from 1992. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of on you. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Sharon Stone is, is a, nude. Is a, his nude psychopath who potentially has murdered her parents. Um, she's bisexual. Uh, she uh, once had a fling in college with a woman who is, uh, now had a relationship with Michael Douglas. You're getting a little too far. Ah, sorry. Get ahead okay. of yourself. All right. Sharon Stone is a psychopath. She no, kills... Start, start at the very beginning. Okay. How does the movie open? A movie opens with fucking. Yeah. A guy gets fucked and then he gets tied up and then he gets stabbed with an ice pick. And at the moment of climax, he is repeatedly stabbed with an ice pick. Yeah, and it's very bloody. Uh, and then, uh, what's his face? Michael Douglas. You said not to start from the beginning, but anyway, Michael Douglas is on the scene and immediately they think, oh, it's his girlfriend. His girlfriend is Sharon Stone. She's like, I'm not his girlfriend. We, we just, just fuck. fuck. <laughs> For a year and a half. For a year and a half. They've been fucking. They just fuck. Uh, and it was good. And let me go into details. And, about and I don't like him being dead because now I don't get to fuck, fuck him, him anymore. anymore. Um, then we find out that Sharon Stone... Uh, has her own money because both of her parents died in a mysterious boating accident where it blew up. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, uh, nudge, nudge. And she writes fiction. And she wrote a book about, with the exact plot of this murder. Also, she has a degree in psychology. From Berkeley. Undergrad. So, so you know she's insane. <laughs> you know she knows how to mess with people's minds because she took three courses on psychology in college. If I didn't know better, like, there's there's no good, uh... And DNA evidence does not exist in 1992. Therefore, she is never caught. Right. Uh, and you know that she's evil because she's a psychologist. Brought to you by the Church of Scientology. Oh, she was just saying. She's also evil because she is freewheeling and likes sex as a woman. And that, in and of itself, is evil. But it also paints a really bad picture of bisexuality, but we'll go there at a later time. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Anyway, so um, we, what we find out about Sharon Stone is that she basically writes books that detail all of her murders. And she wrote a book about a child murdering their parents and covering it up, making it look like an accident. Uh, she is writing a new book. Guess what the book is about? It's about... A detective that falls in love with the wrong woman and then dies. That's right. That and, she's writing right now. And guess who she's talking to? Michael Douglas, Be who's a cop with a dark past. Who likes sex. 
and falling in love with a long woman. What? Falling in love with a wrong Falling woman. in love with a wrong With the long, long woman. woman. <laughs> he is just falling in love. She is so long. Mm-hmm. So long. Uh, yeah, Michael Douglas is divorced. His wife offed herself. No, didn't, didn't get divorced. She just killed herself. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. I and now he's banging his cop therapist while Internal Affairs is gunning for him because he shot a bunch of tourists while he was drunk and high on cocaine. Oh, he did a lot of cocaine. There's a lot of drug use and a lot of pro-smoking. Pro-tobacco smoking in this. There's a lot of talk about drug use, but no, you don't actually like see no. anyone like just no ski dot but what but what it encourages us to do is all do coke and fuck because it's great that's pretty much what yeah to experiment to live on the edge to get dangerous all the dangerous people and when you're like cool you smoke cigarettes yeah because you're obsessed with death yes death is sexy yes yeah that's um that's basically it uh (laughs) so anyway i i'm telling the whole plot Mm-hmm. So people keep dying. Internal affairs guy dies. Yep. Sharon Stone's lover is made to watch her and Michael Douglas fuck and goes off the edge. She has already been homicidal. Um, she literally goes off the edge. She she flies off a cliff in her car after chasing Michael Douglas. Trying to kill him. Trying to kill him. And then uh, at the end, basically, she sets up the psychologist. So okay, we find out. That the psychologist has had a dark past all of her own. Now, she has gone, went to school with Sharon Stone, where they had lesbian sex. Only and once. And one of them, we're not entirely sure who, became obsessed with the other one and cut their hair the same way. And dyed it. And dyed it. And then, cops were called... Shit got real. Um, but so now we've got these two trails of breadcrumbs. Was it Sharon Stone all along manipulating it, or is she super innocent and everyone else is evil? And does Michael Douglas actually give a shit, or is he just super pumped to have the best sex of his life? This is the question at the end of the film that is never actually answered. It is totally answered by the last shot. Is it though? Yes! Is it though? Yes! Well, is also, the penetration, like, this movie has an inordinate number, number of scenes of Sharon Stone taking a gigantic chunk of ice out of her freezer and just smashing it. That's what makes the sex pick. so great. Yeah, I Because guess. Michael Douglas is never sure that when he comes... She's not going to stab him with an ice pick. Exactly. And uh, every sex scene is the same with Sharon Stone because the only way this lady can get off is by getting on top. There's two There's two types of position. Missionary and woman on top is to be on top and then right at the moment of climax, flip back, grab something, either the sheet and or an instrument of death and then fall forward on the man that she is having sex with. That right. is the only way sex can end. Yeah. Is to just literally just go kind of like a teeter totter or one of those when I'm making this hand motion back and forth. Ah, 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 ah. Like a drinking bird. Yeah, like a drinking bird. Down, up, down, stab. Yeah. Yep. That's what that's what happens. But come on, there's the red herring is the the woman. Obviously, Sharon Stone planted that shit. Uh, the the the, the whatever the police counselor. Um, because at the end, the last scene, Michael Douglas is like, basically like, so now what? And he's like, well, maybe we can just have kids and, you know, live a... Fuck like minxes and have have, babies. Yeah, no, he just says like, you know, have have rugrats. And she's like, I don't ever want rugrats. I hate rugrats. I hate rugrats. And he's like, well, then we can just fuck like minxes. And then she turns to the side we saw her almost grab something. Her hand is back. Her hand is back. And then she just turns over. And then shot underneath the bed. What is there? It's an iceberg. Okay. She did it. Did she though? Yeah. Or was she just going to murder Michael Douglas? Because <laughs> we never really find out who killed the guy at the beginning. Was it her? Was it, was it Roxy? Her. Or was it... The psychologist. Well, with the power All we of, know is that blonde women be crazy. With the power of rewinding and the number of shots of St- Sharon Stone's ass and tits, 
we could figure this out. I feel like they cast women with very similar body types, breasts. <laughs> well, that's part of it. They're probably yeah. like, "Excuse me, can you?" Because you, you don't take see your face. Your face is always covered with hair, blonde hair. Oh yeah, and it's just tatties. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> and then everybody's grabbing. I'm sure, my boobs. gravelly voice saying tatties is <laughs> really great for the listeners this week. I know you're a little sick, a little sickly. Um, I love. So there's so much interesting grabbing in this film. There's lots of boob grabbing. So what we know about people who are bisexual, let's say they're they're both women, um, and they're in a relationship with each other, is that um, they constantly grab each other's boobs in public places. Constantly. I think it was just, they were doing it on purpose to tease. Um, and then there's also a lot of male ass grabbing. Well, a cupping of asses. Well, a cupping of asses yeah. that happens in this film. Uh, as a way to try to, like, initiate sex basically which is just weird i mean that's where my button is <laughs> just that's where the sex whoop, button is you gotta whoop, get under there on, and it's just on yeah. on um reset <laughs> sorry you're telling me this in the context of michael douglas's pro, pro, post facelift i can't his butt's in here though and his peen <laughs> Even though he has semi-obscured penis, semi-obscured because he can't no full frontal. Michael, I hate that shit. By the way, I hate hate that shit. Come on, Michael Douglas, hang on. No, I don't want him to hang on. <laughs> but I hate the the fact that women in film, it's the expectation that they're just like fully nude at all times, and also they can be fully nude and it still gets an R rating, but the moment there is, like, a flaccid dong, it's, like, NC-17 or X, and it's the craziest thing ever. Hence, Michael Fassbender drama with shame. I mean, there's a movie where that was rated R with uh, Bruce Willis's semi-flaccid penis. Okay. So. (laughs) But still, it's a double standard. It's the fact that... Michael Douglas is like, oh yeah, all my female co- female coworkers have to be like in terribly compromising sexual positions, uh, but you know, you just get to see my weird butt in like five seconds of potential dong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it is weird too. The <clears throat> the uh, everything around the male member, because if it's flaccid, that's one thing, but if it's erect. It's obscene. obscene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at the same time, you don't want it you don't want it photographed flaccid because that kind of denotes like weakness yeah. and, and vulnerability. But if it's hard, it's like strength and power. Okay. And so like for a male star, you don't want to not be erect on film, but you also we're going don't want to be flaccid on film. I mean it's don't that's the whole problem with having your dong on film. Yeah, the, there is no middle ground, basically. No. Um, and that, I mean, there, there was, uh, it's so funny because I always just check out IMDb, and um, IMDb now has this new system where they say, like, has oh, dong in it. No, <laughs> yeah, dong. Yes, check. Uh, it has, like, uh, violence, nudity, uh, cursing. It has, like, a number of different thresholds and says, like, mild, none, moderate, or severe. And this film, out of every film we've watched, was like, severe, 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 severe. Mm. Which is interesting. Which is, makes sense because the sh- the the initial sex scene be- between Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone was filmed for five hours so that they could get enough shots, whether close-ups or wide shots or mid-range shots, so that it can pass the sensors and they wouldn't have to reshoot. They knew that this was going to be hot and heavy. And so they were wanted to push it right to the edge. Yeah. And they also tricked Sharon Stone into showing her vulva. Uh, and there are mixed reports on that. Come on. I mean, honestly, I can't. I, I really have a hard time believing that. Because where are they going to be like, hey, Sharon Stone, I need you to uncross your legs uh-huh. as a part of this interview you you know you have no underwear on. Uh-huh. It wouldn't be meaningful. Like that shit would not. They, well, they told her that they didn't. She was wearing white underwear, and it would reflect the light. So they needed her to take it off. Which oh. granted, you'd have to be kind of dumb 
to buy into. Because she's wearing an all-white outfit. Right. So, you know, uh, if that's Sharon Stone's story saying, hey, I'm an idiot, uh, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that. I, I have... I have this. I mean, feeling. say what you are. I felt like Sharon Stone's performance in this. I thought she was really, really good. I thought she was great in this. Um, and it was her breakout role. Because she flashed her tits and vagina in the film. She got typecast. I mean, she, she spent her career being the best part of really shitty movies. And mm-hmm. because of that, never got to be a respected actress. You have to think and that's, that's why, why she did Basic Instinct 2. Yeah. Well, you have to think that that's um, why there were 13 actresses that passed on this, is they probably knew what would happen to their careers. Plus, there was a big stigma about the sex in this movie because it was supposedly during, you know, the height, one of the heights of the AIDS crisis. And so people were very uncomfortable with the amount of sexuality and then, of course, the expectations on the lead actress to be... Really, really explicit. But nobody said to Paul Verhoeven, we're not going to fund this movie. No. No. <laughs> so, I mean, why does Sharon Stone get all the shit for that? I don't, I mean, that, I'm sa- like I'm saying, I, d- I don't got, think it's It's a fair. great role for a woman. I mean, sure, you got to be, you know, push yourself to be naked for half of it yeah. and simulate sex, but now it why, do we be have, very why different. does she get all the shit just because she's the one with the naked body? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Michael Douglas Blame was Joe naked. Joe Esterhaus. He's a piece of shit. Who's Joe Esterhaus? He's the screenwriter. Oh, yeah. No, he sounds like a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. He's, uh... Yeah. Just, yeah, he's a piece of shit. I don't know anything about him. Um, do you remember a few years ago when that tape with, um... Uh, Mel Gibson came out where he just has a complete meltdown and yelling about who wants to eat and... I'm pretty sure he yelled something about Jews. And... Yes, yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Uh, the other guy in the room was Joe Esterhaus, who okay. secretly recorded the whole thing and leaked it to the press. Well, I guess that's okay. No, that's still kind of an asshole thing to do. Well, still. Uh, you were in the guy's house, and the only reason you recorded it was so he could have a meltdown so that you could say, I didn't do this. It's all Mel Gibson's fault. I didn't really want to work with him, even though I went to his house. All right, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I won't fault the man for exposing that Mel Gibson wrote this is movie. criminally terrible. Uh, yeah, now the movie sucks. <laughs> It doesn't suck. I mean, it doesn't suck. It's just like, it's every cliche in the book. I mean, you and I could not even listen to five minutes of it without starting to make comments because it was so bad. I mean, the script is, it, it, it you know, it, it's trashy beach read. And Paul Verhoeven, for me, is a director I have a real love-hate relationship with because this is all of his movies. Oh, really? He always does these these pulpy, trashy subject matters, but he always raises it up to this different level. Mm-hmm. So, like, he got... he, he and He's known as, like, the Dutch filmmaker. Like, he's known as making the greatest Dutch film of all time. What is that? I don't know. Some Dutch film. Oh, come on! I, I, you can't cite that he's the director of the greatest Dutch film of all time. You have to look it up, he got an award for the best Dutch film of was the century. A, was it Pulpy Noir? I, I don't... I've never seen it. Okay. I, he did a bunch of stuff in the 70s with Rutger Hauer. Okay. I, that's all I know. Okay. But then he moved, got into the States in the late 70s, early 80s, and he did made his name in Hollywood doing sci-fi movies. Mm. His first big three were Robocop, mm-hmm. Total Recall... And Arnold. Well, just the one Arnold. Total Recall and Robo and RoboCop was. Oh yeah, RoboCop's not Arnold. Yeah, but um, yeah, again, like these pulpy sci-fi, but like ultra-violent movies, and and um, but they're also he, he there's satire that's not inherent in the script that he brings a whole level in his filmmaking about the subject matter. Mm-hmm. They did it again with, with Starship Troopers, which oh, is another one he film. did later on. Yeah. Um, but then again, he followed this movie up with Showgirls, which I've never seen, but oh, again, it's the same the kind of, yeah, and that pulpy turned, garbage. That, 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 that did the same thing to Elizabeth Berkeley's career yeah. as it did to Sharon Stone's, but except Sharon Stone probably got more work. Because it wasn't quite, this wasn't quite as pulpy of a piece of trash. Plus, she wasn't known for playing Jesse Spano 
for 10 years prior to this. Yeah, and I mean, this movie had a lot of great character actors in the entire the cast entire... of Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's his face? Uh, Newman. The guy Newman. from Eternal Affairs is uh, George's, one of George's bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we get Walter Skinner from the X-Files. I know. I, I wanted to say the truth is out there all the time. Um, so, I mean, and, and you know, I, I do like the score. Like, there's, I, I can't say it's, like, prestige, but, like, it has an intelligence behind it. And I, I, I give that to the performances and the director. Um, and the, the score. How do you feel like that? That like uh, we had um, Fatal Attraction, obviously, last week, and this is five years following Fatal Attraction. Five years following Fatal Attraction. Um, how do you feel like this is? Is this just kind of more building on the genre? It's definitely femme, psychotic femme fatale. Yeah, again. it's still femme fatale. This one I feel is different because it's more of a noir. Yeah, it's definitely more noir. Um, and, and it's less horror, really. Yeah, than, there's no, there's, there's no, no horror. horror. It's it's all it's mystery noir. Um, but again, like kind of pushing the envelope for sexuality and, and steaminess. Although I do feel like um, these two movies are kind of a big deal because, and and I, I I feel like I'm gonna have to like there's a a, a dissertation. What is or a the thesis dissertation? In here. Just just about. Uh, the depictions of oral sex in Hollywood cinema. Oh, yeah. Because I can't think of too many films, at least maybe mid to late 90s and, and earlier, that had a lot of depictions of oral sex. Especially, And, and now we have two, both featuring Michael Douglas. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> getting blowjobs. Although this one he gave two. Um <laughs> So, but like, include joke about mouth cancer. Yeah, and I would I would not be surprised if that is a big part of why people got so freaked out oh, about know, sex because so that was still technically illegal in parts of America. Really? It's considered sodomy. Really? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand it, but oh, like, because it doesn't actually lead puritanical to puritanical morons who, when they talk about sodomy, they mean both oral sex and anal sex. Weird. Yeah. Okay. It's probably because it just doesn't lead to pregnancy, right? Right. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, it is great. Like, I thought that was I would terrific. Think, I mean, I, I'd seen like, uh, like a Warhol film in the 70s that had a simulated uh, blowjob, but that was technically made in Europe, and so I'm thinking, was, like, American films. And this like, was I don't know. very graphic. Like, it wasn't even just, like, some guy going under the sheets. It was, like, straight up in your face. Yeah, it's softcore. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, softcore. Pretty, pretty much could, uh, could count, um, for... Zon Cinemax <laughs> after 11. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, um... I thought this was, in that way, it was also risky for Michael Douglas because... No, it wasn't. Oh, well, okay, no. You're right. He's a man. He can do no wrong. He's already he, done this. He can uh, bang it out, you know, with millions of women at age 47, looking like shit. He, he, he did not have a body double in this, but I wish he did. I yeah, he, he did. was not in shape. He wasn't terribly out of shape. He had some man boobs. No, he did not. There was that weird part where she was like kneading his boobs. As that was very strange. I mean, I would give him like he had like a V frame, but like dude doesn't work out. He does not. He doesn't do. And then you know, like three years after this or whatever, he picks up Captain Zeta Jones, and it just continues. Somehow his track record. All I can I said like I said to you earlier. All I can see is time goes down. I mean, maybe that's it. That's maybe the one thing really we know good. about Michael Douglas. Oh, guy goes shit. down. He's, he's probably paid, really good at it. According to Mike, he's oh. paid the price. God. <laughs> oh, a joke will uh, never die. I mean, all I, I can do is when I see Michael Douglas. I don't know how it's a joke. He went on. The, he talked to reporters and said, "I got mouth cancer from eating too much pussy." No, that's a direct quote. I know. All I can do when I see his face is think of Kirk Douglas, like when he won that honorary Academy Award and he was like in the wheelchair because they look so much alike. They have they have distinctively similar faces. Faces, yeah. But 
Michael Douglas was not in Spartacus. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm, I know he was not. Would not I'm have just cast saying, Michael Douglas in Spartacus. Yeah, I'm just saying, if let's just say Michael Douglas was going down south on me, all I could see would be Kirk Douglas's face, where Michael Douglas's face, and that would be that would be the end of that. Yeah. Ooh. All right. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but anyway, th- this movie was it. It, it is kind of like the best type of trash, though, because you know you need a little bit of trashy, uh, sexualized murder, crime, cop stuff in your life every now and then again. Sure. And, um, like, super stereotype-heavy, uh, super kind of bad, uh, dialogue, but without being too bad. Like, I wouldn't say this was so bad that it would get, like, a Razzie, but, Mm. you know... I, I was just thinking, like, imagine if this movie was made, like, ten years later. Mm-hmm. Like, not remade, but just, like, made for the first time. 2002? Yeah. Dimes yeah. to dollars, I think they would have cast Josh Hartnett. As the cop? Yeah. Or as the woman? <laughs> Why Josh Hartnett? I think he, that was, that was, like... Not Freddie Prince Jr.? Josh Hartnett, that was, like, the type of role he was gunning for. Yeah, don't you remember? Like he kept no. trying to like do all of you these like so much more about Josh movies and like blank faced psychopaths. Uh, he was in Black Dahlia oh, that yeah. nobody should that probably watch. Oh, that's a Brian De Palma film. Oh God, yes, <laughs> I did see that. Um, yeah, I was just say, who else? Freddie Prince Jr. Who is Freddie Prince Jr. has got too kind of a face. Yeah, yeah, you you couldn't imagine him being like. I could see him. I could see him cast as a cop who gets pushed to the edge, but he doesn't go over. No, no, he might just like hold her hand one night over drinks. Right, but like Josh Hartnett was in the faculty as the as the badass stoner kid. How do you remember so much about Josh Hartnett, hon? I don't know. I I don't remember. Lucky number eleven. That is the end of it. That's all I got. I don't remember anything about him. Like I barely remember his face. But somehow you know every film exactly. that he was in. That's why he should be cast. Well, he, he did cast. have a very neutral face. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I. You know, <laughs> what if this movie was made now? I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, what would happen if this movie was made now? Well, we'd probably get a more attractive leading man, someone with I, at least you know muscles. And not that someone terrible like, Wall Street hair. Something that the ladies, someone the ladies would like to see his shirt. Because the off. ladies would only be the ones watching this. Uh, if you Tatum? promised, if you promised enough nudity just across <laughs> the board, everyone would be in the theater. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. It, yeah. If you had the same amount of sex, like guys, like yeah, well, let's check this. Has there this been any hot. recent films with like copious male nudity oh. of an attractive man? Well, I mean, Magic Mike. Right. But if you're just talking about, like, general, like, full-on, borderline softcore pornography, like this film, I I don't know. I don't don't think, I don't think we've gotten, like, real sex movies. Well, the only thing I can think of is blue is the warmest color. Yeah, but that's French. French. (laughs) That's the problem. European films, world films, okay. They'll they'll, they'll do that. Short bus. Short bus. Yeah. What do you think, Waffles? Waffles thinks short bus too. Yeah, she agrees. No, I guess I'll give you that, but I, not in terms of it like a thriller, right? Not not like not not that kind of seamy, dangerous sex. Yeah, that's like true loving. lies. True lies would fit this, wouldn't it? Isn't that isn't that like a thriller? Uh, it's got some. It's more of an action thriller. Oh, okay. I mean, there's the strip scene. That's what I was thinking. Right, about, but I don't know. I. I mean, it's still, both of these are movies I wouldn't want to watch with my grandparents. Sure. <laughs> nope. Um, or with your parents. But Basically again, with anybody that, that was like three your years, boss. that was only three years after this. And it's still, that one, there wasn't any nudity in that. No. No. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there. it's just, um, I mean, I can't remember cruel and oh wild things we talked about wild things wild things has a no that's gr- true gratuitous sex scene oh and there's dong in that one too oh, oh 
We should add that to the list. Yeah. Is it real dong or is it like Marky Wahlberg dong? Not like a care, but Marky Wahlberg dong. Mark Wahlberg dong. Is just oh, like in Boogie Nights, Boogie Nights. right? Oh, that's I forgot about that one too. Yeah, there's a lot of. That's stuff. about the porn industry, yeah. though, so that doesn't count. Uh, it's Kevin Bacon, full on dong, full frontal. Ugh, I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you see Kevin. Oh, Shane Dylan's was Shane dong. was about sex. It was about sex addiction. Yeah, that was more of a drama, though. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, it, it wasn't like in a, any way it wasn't sex. salacious. It wasn't salacious. It wasn't no, it was sexy sex. Depressing. I'm a right. sex addict. Sex. Right. Um, Where's okay. the sexy sex? I don't know. Are we? Are we not allowed to? I mean, we are got. We're not allowed to have sexy sex movies anymore. Yeah, it's, it's that aren't like pornos. Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. And both of those. Uh, were, well, we know what Fifty Shades of Grey is. Wasn't really sexy. I mean, it no. was all right. It, I mean, the sex in the movie was supposed to be sexy, but it was you not know, different. If, if that was your jam, go for it. Not that the sex in this movie was, I found particularly sexy, but I mean, no. you know, they seem to be. Thinking it was sexy, and then again, the Fifty Shades of Grey that they were having—they thought they no, were having sexy sex. No, there was more chemistry in this movie than there was in Fifty Shades of Grey. But that's saying—you could say that about like a rock has more chemistry with my hand than the people in Fifty Shades of Grey. And then again, have. the sex in this movie still had like this other layer, like it, it served this—I could argue—a deeper like psychological level, like it was trying to say something about sex while also having sexy well, sex. Well, that's why it was called Basic Instinct. It was right. about, like, whenever the... It, it, sex was either the... It was all... And it was also about violence being a basic instinct, I think, too, right? It's like sex and violence are, like, our uh, primordial reptilian brain uh, versus logical thought and that those things can cloud logic and... Isn't that what it was saying? Am I wrong? Yeah. I'm going on a tangent. Um, and also that we use and also that we use sex to um, mask our feelings or to compensate for feelings. Don't you think? You think in this feel in this movie, like every time someone dies, she's like, "I want you to fuck me." Uh, well, I mean, okay, so when Roxy dies, she asks him to make love. Okay. And it's the one sex scene we don't see. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, I feel so bad for, um, Roxy? the therapist woman, uh-huh. whose name escapes me, because her last Lisa? line- Lisa. Yeah, her last line. No, Beth. 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 It wasn't Beth. Her last line is, I love you. And all I can think of is, why? Yeah. What What has this person... They only dated for like a month, probably. And what do you see in him? He's garbage. He's garbage. He's gross. He's like, full, he's like full of addiction. He's constantly toying with the wagon on and off again, and he doesn't give a shit about you, clearly. No. The one sex scene we get in the movie with them, he basically he rapes her. her. Yeah. God, that was terrible. I know. <laughs> Ugh. That, uh... I, yeah, I felt like that was a little forced, right? I mean... The That's sh- the one thing that makes me think that she is a psychopathic killer, because... What the fuck is Why wrong with you? That? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's interesting though. Like, um, maybe she's. Maybe they're both psych. Maybe they're all psychopaths. That's the thing. It all them blonde psychopath kind of women. It's the picture that like, and there's that other older woman who killed. Who's in the scene for a hot second? What the fuck was her deal about? I don't know. Why was, was she there? It was just like, oh, Sharon Stone cavorts with killers it's like she she kept like bringing her mother around and like here's my career what the fuck was that about all we know is that sharon stone writes about what she knows so she gets in relationships with people who are murderers and then she writes stories about them and michael douglas is a murderer he is a murderer and he does not give a shit he'll murder all the tourists He guns down those tourists. God, San Francisco is overrun with tourists. We gotta stop murdering them. Start murdering them. This is what we... I mean, I'm kind of surprised he wasn't like a local hero after that. It's like, oh, thank God. Local man. Local hero cop murders tourists. On uh, on uh, going to Alcatraz. On way to Alcatraz. Or 
watching the seals sunning themselves or at the Girardelli factory. I mean, say what you want about this movie, but at least its treatment of murdering cops isn't uh, unrealistic. Because he's back on the force! Oh, that's true. Yeah, like, he literally... And, and also... While blasted out of his gourd on cocaine and booze, Jack he guns Daniels. down some fucking tourists, and then is just giving back his badge and gun. Yeah, and um, it definitely also paints a poor picture of uh, police... What do you think, Waffles? Paints a poor pictures of police counselors. That like, oh, hey, they'll lie. They really, uh, they have no ethics whatsoever. Well, uh, granted, we have two other ones, but like, our main counselor character is a you know, horny psycho. I can't ever not think about He's a secret blonde. One of that guy who was the bit part actor, the second counselor, um, was I think that's the guy from Waiting for Guffman that was probed. <laughs> Never. They probed me. <laughs> Sorry. Just a small tangent on my favorite movie. Love Good. Christopher Guest. Um, and we were paying homage a little bit to his wife today, talking about true lies. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I guess it's realistic because cops can do whatever they want, and yet they never lose anything. So, so there we are. We're Good. back. We're back Good. to today. Uh, but yeah, do you think? Um, you think that uh, we're we as consumers are lusting? Well, I'm using that word uh, intentionally lusting for new steamy thrillers and we're just not getting them um i don't know i mean i think we're we might be uh, getting it in different places i mean you know from between 92 and now i mean porn is a lot more prevalent um but then again we also have shit like there was true blood which was mm. an entire series about steamy sacks and vampires and all that shit um i'm don't know. Game of Thrones was a little bit, yeah. For especially season one was basically. I mean, see what you want. That whole that whole porn. show was just relationship driven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe we're getting it in television a lot more than we were getting it than we're getting it um, in movies because we can because television now. Yeah, I mean, it's have... also hard to say that we're not really getting a whole lot of you know quote unquote adult cinema. We are getting more adult cinema. I mean, there was that movie about um, the couple, a mumblecore movie about with your the girl who has your last name who plays the ukulele. Kate Micucci? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have my last name. I know, but similar last name. Uh, that that about people wanting to have a sexual encounter. Anyway. Uh, I mean, there was a TV show. No, it was a mumblecore. Or maybe no, it was a TV show. Yeah, it was on the Netflix. It was um, a Netflix show. What was it called? Hooking uh, Up? Hooking, or? Something like that. It was yeah. good. It was like, yeah, every episode was like different people. And that was the episode where she got down with, I don't know, I can't remember the other woman. And it was Orlando Bloom. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, there, I mean, there's that. Uh, so we're getting our itch satisfied in different mediums, basically. Yeah. Other than movies. Um, Sure. But, like, just in terms of, like, cinema you know we don't there there haven't been i mean like again quote unquote adult cinema um there isn't a lot of it no um that you know that could change i mean although if last year was any indication not so much why what happened last year oh i mean just look at what was you know nominated i mean some of them were thoughtful films but then some of them were green book <laughs> we have to bring that up. I'm just saying. I feel like Green Book comes up in every conversation I have. Like, man, the Oscars were great this year. God, Green Book, what the fuck happened? It was so good. And then it went down the toilet. This got flushed. Yeah. All right. Um, well, so, I mean, I, I don't know what's coming out beyond the spring and some of the summer blockbusters. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, but. What do you think about bisexuality in this oh, film? Oh, no. I mean, we, we talked a lot about sex in general and how that's treated, but... I think it was absolutely poorly represented, and the uh, LGBTQ, well, probably all just LGBT uh, community who picketed against this movie at this time were probably right to do so, because it paints bisexuality as, one, it's like, it, it equates it to, like, sexual not just sexual fluidity but um what is it uh, looseness 
It just basically paints bi- bisexual people as non-monogamous. And it also uh, discount. It, it, I don't know. It, it makes it porn. Porn. It pornicizes bisexuality. Sure. I mean, there is something to be said for the setting of this film in San Francisco. You know, which is I could say argue between New York and San Francisco. Both have their places in the quote unquote sexual revolution in America. Um, mm-hmm. And this movie's entire... Everyone's just fucking in this movie. They're yeah. talking about fucking. Um, and, I mean... I, I definitely... There's a point to be made that uh, the depictions of lesbians and bisexuals in this movie are that they are dangerous psychopaths. But on the other hand... Um, With extremely loose morals. Yeah, but so are all of the straight people. Yeah, I guess and, so. You know, like, I think more than, like, you could say, I mean, there's, there's definitely an argument for that, that at least, especially at the time, there weren't any real positive depictions of homosexuals or bisexuals in, in film and television. But at the same time, uh, you know, Sharon Stone is still, like, a rounded character. Like, she's not just there she, she's not like just a prop she's not just oh she of course she's just a crazy lesbian because she's a lesbian mm-hmm. um so i mean I'll, I'll give it that i think if anything it's not so much anti or 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 uh you know having a negative view towards um any type of sexuality more than it kind of has more of a negative viewed to women maybe yeah oh sure for sure i mean because uh, there's i mean it's it's hard because everyone can... sucks everyone sucks there's no positive guys in this movie you there's can... no positive women but sharon stone does have the best performance in the film well you can and she's understand... got the better character she's you every every scene where she's not on screen you kind of wonder what's she up to yeah it's true but you can kind of understand why if you were the um, the queer community uh, and there was zero depiction of bisexuality outside of being dangerous psychopaths, like I get that absolutely. So that just perpetuates this terrible stigma that they have extremely loose morals and they're murderers. I mean, um, I mean, but there there is something to be said that you know, Grant. Okay, sure. It's it, it, it's I I feel like th- this is a conversation that kind of that. I feel like it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Like, I understand why people were protesting, and I think they were right to do so. Um, just That was their viewpoint, and I don't think they, they were wrong, necessarily. But I think it's kind of a double-edged sword to talk about positive representations of groups of people in media. Because what does that look like? And, I mean, you could you could argue that, you know, there are characters who are, you know gay on television and that's a positive depiction but like is that then what we expect all gay people to be well i'm gonna gonna challenge that and say they don't necessarily need a positive depiction they need a realistic depiction and realistic this is not realistic depiction of bisexuality but it's also is it a realistic depiction of heterosexuality no but it doesn't matter i mean right there are millions of millions of movies and 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 media of all types that depict all elements of the heterosexual relationship and at that time there were so few that shed any insight into what it was like to be in a queer from the queer community that you can understand and and there's so much prejudice around people from the queer community that you can understand where the um right but i mean i, I think at the from. same time like that's like these senior um, exploitation films are where depictions of people outside of you know what normal society typically looks for in film get to shine, and you get you know that's the whole concept of camp, right? Like all these old exploitation films, like there's it's not reality, but we. St- get to see people we don't normally 
get shown. I mean, it's true. It's, it'd be an interesting discussion if we talked about like exploitation films and whether they advanced or um, biased people's opinions of that, whatever that group was. But we should save it's, that for another day. I mean, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. Yeah. We should, we should save that. Uh, because we're over time and we've been, we spent so much time discussing vaginas, um, flaccid penises and, um, oral sex that we haven't, that the meat of this discussion is, uh, it's too much. We too should, much meat. Too much meat. Don't worry. It's all the cat stuff. I'm going to cut out all the pussy. Uh, <laughs> until next time, folks.